A lot of fellers down in Egypt had a good idea to get the people of God out of Egypt. God had one man. Praise God. And when that God called, God sent, God anointed man showed up, God's power showed up. God's backing showed up. God showed up in Egypt. Amen. Flies, lice, blood, frogs. Isn't that right? God showed up. You say, I don't think that's much of a blessing. Well, if you're a Jew, it is. That's right. Yes, sir. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes. What's a torment and a harassment to the unbeliever is a comfort and a blessing to God's people. Amen. When Moses showed up with the call of God, he had the backing of God. Amen. Yes, sir. And I praise God for this man. And what God's doing with him out here. It's this exceptional thing. Wonderful thing. Yes, sir. A God-honoring thing. Well, I need to get out of the way. Let's read in the Word of God, Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Brother Richard told me if I don't preach good, there's some um, the possibility of a scapping going on. <laughs> I'd be slick-headed like him. I said, Lord, help me. He's used all my shampoo this week, brother. I had a whole bottle. It's all gone now. (laughs) Mark chapter 4. We'll read. Beginning in verse number 35. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Hallelujah. That's where I'm headed tonight. I'm going in that direction. I'm going the other side. I heard a man say almost 40 years ago, I never forgot it, over in Tennessee. Brother Wayman, you remember Preacher Earl Hughes. He said, I know I'm not going to hell because I ain't going in that direction. Jeremiah said, we're headed thitherward. That's where we're headed. Going to the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great... Now this is no exaggeration. It's the Word of God. Every Word of God is pure. A great... Storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. They awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was, here this word is, a great calm. Amen. A great storm of wind, but I'm glad there's a great calm. 
As thy days may demand, so shall thy strength be. Yes. As the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds in Christ. Where sin did abound, grace did much more. I'm glad what God has for us in the Lord Jesus Christ exceeds all that the enemy may be up to. And all that may be adverse. A great storm of wind, but a great calm. And He said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? They feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Storms are real. Storms are inescapable. I remember many years ago, August 1992, at least to that point, was one of the worst storms that had ever hit our country, came ashore in Florida, Hurricane Andrew, and left hundreds of thousands of people homeless, destroyed 26,000 homes, 10,000 businesses, over 600,000 insurance claims that exceeded what would today be $50 billion, multiple loss of lives, a class 5 hurricane, sustained winds at 165 miles an hour, gust over 200 miles an hour, up to that point, one of the worst. Now there have been others since then that have exceeded in financial loss and certainly in loss of life, the greater loss. Hurricane Sandy, Katrina, Ivan, Harvey, and so on, many, many. And I wish I could say to you tonight that being a Christian immunizes you and me from storms, spiritual storms. But it isn't so. The Bible said, through much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. Yes, sir. And uh, the Word of God teaches us in the book of Job that a man that is born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. I heard Brother Gillum say many years ago, if your mother was a woman, then you are very much possible going to have some trouble. One man said that Life can be terribly difficult for all of us some of the time and for some of us all of the time. There are storms. Storms that come into the life of God's people. Here was a storm that is recorded, of course, in other places in the Gospels that the disciples were experiencing. And I want to look at this story for a few minutes tonight and hopefully give you some storm relief. There are some things that we can remember in the storm that will found you and hold you. One of the enduring impressions that I had from Hurricane Katrina is I remember seeing people standing on the tops of their homes underwater, waving, 
trying to get some help down to where they are. And there have been seasons in my life where I needed help from above. Yes. Where I needed help for my life when I felt like I was going under. Drowning in the situation. There are five different simple propositions that I want to lay out here in front of you tonight. And I begin with this, that you can be in the will of God and still be in a storm. It wasn't because of what they had done wrong that there was a great storm of wind. But the Scripture tells us that it was as a result of an act of obedience. The Lord Jesus had said to them in verse number 35, Let us pass over unto the other side. They were just simply doing what the Lord Jesus had initiated into their life and His direction at His bidding. They got into the boat They went out into the water and lo and behold, all of a sudden they get broadsided, not really even seeing it on the horizon. They say they're on the Sea of Galilee because it's surrounded by mountains when a storm of wind comes in from the northeastern corner, uh, from the Cana and the Nazareth area. The wind gets in there and it can't get out. And in a matter of a few minutes... Your life can be in jeopardy out there on the waters of the Galilee. And the Lord Jesus, knowing full well, as He knows all things, what He was taking them into, some through the water, some through the fly, God leads His dear children along. And this was as a result of them doing what the Lord wanted them to do. Sometimes things that go awry in our lives aren't because of an act of disobedience. That could be so as it was with Jonah. But think about Joseph. For 13 years... His life was one setback after another. Yes. One disappointment after another. One heartache, mistreatment after another. In fact, the Scripture uses this word down to talk about Joseph's transitions in his life. He went down to check on his brothers at Dothan. He, when he got down there, they put him down into a pit. And they sold him to a group of Ishmaelites who took him down into Egypt. And when he got into Egypt, he went down to the slave market. And they sold him as a slave and he went down to Potiphar's house. And when he got to Potiphar's house, Potiphar's wife lied on him and they put him down into a prison. Let me remind you tonight that all of that, that movement, that downward progression until he finally got so low he couldn't go any lower and the only next move is up. It all came when his daddy said to him, Joe, I want you to go down there and see how your brothers are doing. 
It all started when Joseph just simply obeyed his daddy. You can be in the will of God and be in a storm. All that happened with Job and unfolded in Job's life wasn't because he was wrong with God. It's because he was right. God said about him, he's the best I've got in the east. He's the best I've got in the empire. He's the best I've got in the earth. He's on God's top ten list. He's close to God. He's loving God. He's walking with God. He's obeying God. And all of a sudden, in a matter of a few minutes, everything breaks loose. Everything goes wrong. And he's stripped of everything but the one thing that will hold him all the way through it all. You can be in the will of God and still be in a storm. Now I want you to notice the second proposition there is in verse number 36 that there is comfort in the fellowship of God's people. The Scripture tells us that when they had sent away the multitude, they took Him even as He was in the ship. And I love this little editorial of John Mark when he said, There were also with Him other little ships. Amen. They weren't the only one in the storm. They weren't the only one feeling the waves beat up against the ship. They weren't the only ones feeling the pressure and the sensation and having the thought, oh my, is this the end? They weren't the only ones wondering, what is God doing? What's going on here? Why in the world is this happening to me? Have you ever had that thought? Brother, I want to tell you tonight, you're not alone in that. And I thank God tonight for the church. Because when we come together with those of like precious faith, we find out as well, they have experienced the storm that we have experienced. They are experiencing the pressures that we are experiencing and the stresses and the assault and the attack And the world that we're living in. And the enemies that we confront. The flesh and the devil. And isn't it good to know tonight that you've got a place that you can come to. And you have a common experience among the people of God. And you can draw from that fellowship. And that company. And that refreshing. And the resources of God that are in circulation in the fellowship of the gospel. God's got a church where He's got some things in circulation for His people tonight. Yes, sir. I think about what Paul said in the book of Colossians. He was naming some names, some people that God had especially used in His life that had been a help to Him. And He used the word comfort. These folks have been a comfort unto me. And the word that He uses there is where we get our word paragoric. Medicine. Medicine. These folks have been medicine unto me. 
Boy, I thank God tonight for all the times when I've come into the company of God's people. Somebody's got a word of victory. Somebody's got a word of comfort. Somebody's got a word of encouragement. Somebody's got a word of hope. Why, they're experiencing the reality of a living Lord. And brother, I tell you, that's what's in circulation among God's people. It's not just a gathering of people. It's a meeting of people with God who manifests Himself, who is releasing divine resources within that context of fellowship. And it's circulating among God's people. I've been tapping into it these last few days. Encouragement, strength, and renewal, and refreshing, and all of heaven coming into our lives. A word from God. There's got to be a channel for all of that to come into our life. And it's right here in the church. I never cease to be amazed. You've seen it as much as I have through the years that people, when the storm hits, what happens? They start pulling away from a means of the help of God. Amen. Amen. If the devil had his way in your life and my life tonight, you know what he would do? He'd put a wedge between us and the church. Brother, that's where divine resources are. That's where the message of God is. That's where the help of God is. That's where the shepherd is. Among the sheep. That's where divine help is for our lives. There's something among God's people that you can't get at the ball game. And you can't get at the ball field. I praise Him for it tonight. There's comfort to be found in the fellowship of God's people. Don't let the devil put a wedge between you and the people of God. Amen. Look at the third thing. Here it is. You know what else? We're kept by the power of God. Now the Bible said in verse 37, there rose a great storm of wind. And look at this. The waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Full. Now the water got in the boat. But can I tell you something? It's one thing to be in a storm. And it's another thing when the storm gets into you. Because look at verse number 38. He was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awakened. And here's what they had to say. And we say such foolish things too. They said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Lord, Don't you know what's going on here? Why are you so indifferent? Why are you inactive? Why are you letting this happen in my life? I read something years ago. A man said, if God is so good, why do I hurt so bad? And if the devil has his way in your life and my life, when the storm comes, we'll be talking just like these disciples did, doubting the love of God. Yes, sir. Doubting the favor of God, the purpose of God, the will of God. The fact that God knows who we are and that He knows what's going on with us. And, and forgetting, totally forgetting the fact that He's right there the whole time. Right. Thank you, right, there in the midst. right there the whole time. Yes, 
seen that fact and feeling like this is the end and the pressure is on and they're going down. Oh, can I say to you tonight, we're kept by the power of God. Aren't you glad Paul said it like this in Romans 8, that there's nothing that will separate us from the love of God. No sin, no sorrow, no storm, no setback can ever separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord can ever take us out of this grace place that we're in and the fact that we're favored of God and kept by the power of God. Can you imagine faking the Lord right next to you and that you're going to go down? Oh, the storm got into the ship, but more than that, it got into those disciples. They became afraid. Jesus said to them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Martin Lloyd-Jones said years ago, faith is the refusal to panic. (laughs) The enemy wants to make you feel like you're an isolated social accident. God doesn't know. God doesn't care. He, he's, he, he's not concerned. He's not aware of where you are and what's going on. And I love the fact tonight that the storm, while the storm could not awaken our Lord who was asleep. Asleep. You've got to tie this to what He said in John 4, 14 when He said to His disciples, Peace I leave with you. Yes. My peace I give unto you. The kind of peace that will keep you calm in the storm. Amen, brother. The kind of peace that will give you a sense of security and assurance when all the world is coming apart. And you feel like you're being tossed back and forth. I've never been out at sea in a storm. Now, I've been on a cruise and in a storm, but that ain't, that ain't, you're not getting rocked. On one of those things, like you would be in one of these things, and the storm comes. Right. Right, brother. Right. <laughs> Amen. Yes, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. They think that's it, but it's not it. Brother, I want you to know God hadn't promised no smooth sailing, but He has promised a safe landing. Yes, Hallelujah. Yes, We're kept by the power of God. Amen. Nothing in heaven, nothing in hell, nothing in this earth, nothing in this world can ever take us out of this position that we are in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the grace of God. He's unaffected by the storm. Right. Now the devil told the truth one time that I can find in the Scripture. When he came to God in the book of Job. And you've got to remember, it was God who initiated the conversation about Job. And that kind of slapped me in the face one day when I was reading. I've always kind of had this preconception that it was the devil who had all this agenda and this plan, who initiated all of this. No, brother. This all got checked off. And God said to the devil, God said to the devil, 
He brought up Job. Hast thou considered my servant Job? And the devil said, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's right. He said, I've looked him up and down. How do you know he looked him up and down? He said, you've got a hedge about him. Yeah. He walked around Job every way he could look at him. Yeah. See if he could find a glitch somewhere. Yeah. Some way to weasel in. He said, you've got him wrapped up. You've got him secure. You've got him hedged. God said, oh yeah, I do. God said, all right. Hey, brother, can I tell you tonight, everything that happens is Father-filtered. Everything that happens is Father-filtered. The devil said, how about this? And God said, all right. It'll be all right. But the glory of it is, is the devil's on a leash. God said, you can go this far, and that's it. Why? We're kept by the power of God. Peter said we have an inheritance undefiled, reserved in heaven for us. And the very next verse he said, who are kept by the power of God, ready to be revealed at the last day. We're being kept for what God has kept for us. You want to talk about eternal security. How is it even a question? How can it even be a question? And the devil knows that much. <laughs> the devil believes that much. You've got him hedged in. Oh, hear me tonight. We're kept by the power of God. There's comfort to be found in the fellowship of God's people. You can be in the will of God and be in a storm. Now here's number four. Verse number 39. There's peace in hearing God speak. He arose, rebuked the wind, said unto the sea, here's how God talks in a storm. Peace, be still. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. What matters tonight is not the storm. What matters is what is God saying. What does God have to say? <laughs> I heard a man say one time out in Texas, he said, I thought I heard God till I heard God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've heard the old song, sometimes he calms the storm, and other times he calms his child. In Psalm 85. Word of God said this, I will hear what God the Lord will say, for He will speak peace unto His people. I don't know what's coming unraveled in your life, but can I say to you tonight, what matters most is not how you're feeling, and not what you think and everybody else thinks, or doubts about you or me, but what matters most is what is God saying. What's God's evaluation of this thing? 
when I was a boy, I grew up in Tennessee. I live in North Carolina now, but that part of Tennessee near where Brother Wayman lives, we'd have tornadoes occasionally. And we always had tornado drills. Y'all have tornadoes out here, I think. You probably have them. I don't know if they still do that or not. It's probably uh, politically incorrect now. I don't know for some reason. Yeah, yeah. When I was a boy, I loved tornado drills. I could get out of class. I could goof off in the hallway with my buddies. And I thought it was always so funny. they make us get down on the floor. Get down on your hands and your knees. Get your head down between your legs. Cover your head. They call that the storm position. They say that's safe when the storm hits. I've been a believer for almost 41 years. And I found out there's a storm position. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Can I tell you what it is? Habakkuk took that position. He got in a storm. <laughs> now, what I'm talking about, brother, is not when the dog, neighbor's dog gets in your garbage. That's not a storm. And I'm not talking about when the mailman gets your mail messed up with the other mail. But that's not a storm. But a storm is when God acts in ways that you just don't think is what God ought to be doing. He doesn't meet your expectations. That's where these disciples are. What? You're the one that got us out here? Don't you know what you're doing? That's the trial of our faith. When God does something that doesn't make any sense. Jack Habakkuk got into that situation. Habakkuk's living in an era very much like ours. The enemy's invading. The Babylonians, the God-haters, the God-deniers, they don't even know God. They're, they're heathen. And Habakkuk said, Lord, why? What are you doing? Why are you letting these people come in here like this? You're not acting like my Sunday school teacher told me you're supposed to act. That's our issue today. Is we've got these expectations of how God ought to be and how He ought to act. And the brother said it this morning, that's where disappointment comes from. When God does things that doesn't make any sense, doesn't meet our approval. He said, God, you're not acting right. You're not doing anything. Why aren't you doing something about this? And, and God said to, to Habakkuk, listen, you, you ain't going to believe it even if I told you. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Habakkuk said, no, Lord, I need to know. And then when God told him what he was doing, he really did get fouled up. Yeah. I mean, he really was disturbed. I'm going to tell you something tonight. Our biggest struggles are with God. And here's the position Habakkuk took. It's the storm position. Chapter 2, verse 1. After God laid all that out there on him and he's scratching his head. 
He said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and I will watch to see what He will say unto me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Habakkuk's in a storm. He can't figure all this out. It don't make any sense. There's no rhyme, no reason. And, and just a few verses later is where we're given that revelation that just shall live by faith. You're just going to have to trust God, Habakkuk. Right. Right, and all these are faith issues for you and me. Corey Ten Boom said, There is no panic in heaven, only plans. He's not panicking. The Lord Jesus isn't scared. He isn't fretting. He's not confused. He's not disappointed. He's God. And Nahum said He has His way in the whirlwind and in the storm. Praise God. There's peace in hearing God. Now God's either going to get you out of the storm or He's going to do something better. He's either going to get you out or He's going to do something better. Now we all want out. But God wants to take us through. Yes, He does. If you get out, you'll have a song. But if you go through, you'll have a message. You'll have something to say. And we ought to be seeing what we can get out of our storms rather than trying to get out of our storms. Here's the last thing. Look at it. The purpose of God is they might know who the Lord Jesus is. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And in verse 41, They feared exceedingly and said to one another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? They're finding out something about the Lord Jesus. This is early in their time with Him, early in the ministry. They'd already seen Him in the Gospel of Mark, touching lives, changing lives. They'd already seen Him healing They'd already seen His work on the land. But here's an area. They haven't seen Him exercise executive privilege yet. Out here on the water. Praise God, brother. Amen. And we're guilty of the same thing. We think God's God over here, but I don't know about over there. Come on, preacher. Well, if that ever happened, I just... Have you ever thought about the worst thing that could ever happen to you? Yeah. How's it going to be then? Oh my! What are we going to do? I remember one living in a nightmare at one time, thinking, "My God, how in the world could this be happening?" Mm. Knowing that God had been faithful and God had been good in all kinds of situations, but here is a path that I had never been down and never had even entertained for myself, thinking, "What in the world am I going to do?" And why, Lord, am I here? 
But when you get down to the other end where God's taking you to, what you come to understand and realize and appreciate that God wants you to know He's God on that road as much as He's God on this road. He's God in the day. He's God in the night. He's God on the land. He's God on the sea. Thank you, Lord. He's God when everything seems good and bright and sunny. He's God when it's storm as well. I don't know how many people I've heard people through the years say, Oh, preacher, oh, preacher, I think I could handle it. I think I, think I could deal with it if I just knew why. Remember what William Cowper said, God moves in mysterious ways as wonders to perform. He plants His footstep in the seas and He rides upon the storm. Deep and unfathomable minds of never failing skill. He treasures up His bright designs and works His sovereign will. Here it is. Judge not the Lord. By feeble sense. But trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, there is a smiling face. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds that you so much dread are filled with mercy and shall break with blessings on your head. God's purpose is you to find out He's the master of the wind. Yes, he, does. <laughs> he can handle you as a young person. He can handle you as an adolescent. He can handle you as a mom. He can handle you as a dad. I love to hear senior saints talk about how He can handle them in the sunset years. It's just finding out all about Him that He's enough all the way through the journey. He's the man for all seasons. He's good for salvation, but I'm going to tell you, He's good for the storm too. <laughs> they heard Him speak forgiveness and healing into their lives, and now they're finding out He's a Savior for the journey. He's a man that'll be a covert in the wind, and He'll be a refuge in the time of the storm, who'll be as rivers of water in a dry place. In the shadow of a great rock in a weary land, they're finding out Jesus is enough. He's good for life, He's good for death. Thank God He can deal with sin, but did you know tonight also He can deal with sorrow? He's good for the questions of eternity, but what about the questions of life? We got a generation that ain't afraid to die, they're afraid to live. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey? Just by how pastor you come. Praise God. All is well.
just ask you to bow your heads for just a moment. And uh, Charity's going to come play, and then after just a moment, uh, she's going to. They're